The Money Show. Small business. Studio with me this evening, John Baladakis, who, in addition to um, having a whole bunch of pick and pay franchises, is also the chairman of the Franchise Association of South Africa. We're talking franchising this evening. Anything you ever wanted to know about franchising but were too afraid to ask, you give us a call this evening on 021 446 0567 011 Absolutely anything. Let's see how well he knows the 627 franchise opportunities available in South Africa. It's astonishing that there are that many, John. Yeah, there's a... Basically, at last count, because FASA sort of keeps track of it, the 627 and about uh, 30,050 franchise outlets. 30,050. Yep. Because about 30,000. <laughs> uh, franchise outlets in South Africa. And it goes... I mean, the moment we think about franchising, we think of fast food, because that's the most sure. in-your-face uh, franchise opportunity, but they're locksmiths and postnets and pick and pays, and um, virtually anything can be franchised ultimately. I sure, uh, even is there some decent stuff happening in the building industry, tool hire, stuff like that. Okay, so there's, there's good stuff happening in the franchise sector. Are you in the franchise market? Do you want to be a franchisee? Have you got an idea that you would like to franchise? Are you a franchisor and you want to pick the brain this evening of John Baladakis, the chairman of the Franchise Association? You give us a call this evening on O two one four four six O five six seven O double one eight eight three O seven O two. Get your calls in nice and early, and uh, we will get through as many as we can this evening. Um, you are a pick and pay franchisee. You've been a pick and pay franchisee since Raymond Ackerman was twelve. Um, <laughs> it's about twenty years now. Yeah, it's been it's a long time, eh? Sure, we just celebrated uh, the first store we opened, uh, sort of uh, twenty years ago. I think it was the 29th of March, 20 where, years ago. Where, where was that? Was that was it? in uh, Kempton Park. Okay. At, uh, the store's called Kempton Gate. And, uh, yeah, it's an amazing journey. Uh, really, really, it went so fast. I mean, you, you look back and you think, 20 years, what happened? Because you used to have the, the pick and pay store at Village Walk before the Village yes. Walk of Bulldoze. Correct. Um, and I suppose you had to be bought out of the lease there, and there is no pick and pay store in the, the, the immediate Santon area where we are right now because yours was effectively shut down. Uh, yeah, look, there's the two Morningside stores and Benmore, I suppose. Mm. But there's quite a high density in that retail space, isn't there? Everyone's competing for sure. space. You guys versus Spa um, versus Woolies. Woolies hasn't got a franchise arrangement anymore, um, but, but they there, ShopRite with its Checkers brands and True Save brands in other areas. And then you've got Kevin Hedewick thinking that he can play retail, retail, um, <laughs> and, uh, looking to, to take um, the supermarket concept that is Thrups, highly specialized, Onto, onto forecourts. The forecourts must be making your life an absolute nightmare as well because that's the ultimate inconvenient shopping. Uh, well, from a pick-and-pay perspective, uh, we've teamed up with a BP brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, from my personal experience, it's, been, it's, it's quite a good uh, combination. We've just uh, opened one recently. We actually opened one in December. Um, and it actually works very well. Um, so, yeah, from, a, from, a, from that space, uh, you know, as a retailer, you don't want to let everyone come in and eat your lunch. So you've got you to be as sharp as the rest of the market. And I think no, we're doing absolutely. well there. But are, are we reaching some kind of f- saturation point in terms of, of, of servicing households, South African households, in terms of retail outlets? Um, I think they said that 20 years ago. They said that 15 years ago. <laughs> they that's said that asking, 10 years ago. <laughs> that's why I'm asking the question now. Is it different? Um, I, I think it's getting tougher. Yeah. Without a doubt, it's getting more difficult to make a buck out there. Yeah. Um, but, I, but I do think there is space in certain areas which is untapped. 
and uh, the retailers are definitely looking at uh, opening in there. I mean, we know what's happening in the market. So yeah, if you if you look at this, the the list of things that are that are going forward, expansion within the retail industry, yeah, there's stores opening all over the place. You're a franchisee. You understand the trials and tribulations, the difficulties of being a franchisee. You know that the market is tough. How many stores are you operating? Uh, currently, we're oper- operating uh, seven pick-and-play supermarkets. Uh, Currently, which implies there's room for more. <laughs> we just opened the BP, yeah. the BP pick-and-play express combination. Uh, we've, uh, but that's serious. I mean, that is a very serious... No, it's a big business. Uh, I was going to say, it's not even a small business. It's, the beauty of yeah. franchising is that uh, multiple franchising is possible. Um, and people think that, you know, franchising is one little store somewhere yeah. in the shopping center. It's not actually the truth because there's a lot of brands out there that are very, very pro multiple franchising, and they're actually looking for their current franchisees to expand their brand. Well, I mean, Kevin Hedwig would love the guy who has the Sears franchise to have the Something Fishy and, and the Debonairs franchise all in a row. Absolutely. I mean, that, that's ideal. One truck delivers all the stuff from the factory, and one person gets the benefit of that. Um, Angela in Santon, you want to talk about the National Empowerment Fund and franchising? Hello. Hi, Bruce. How are you? Very good. Give me your perspective. I'm fine, thanks. Um, uh, Bruce, I'm a black female lady, and I just read about the NEF uh, and Indian partnership to, to find previously disadvantaged people or black people. So I want to go into that industry. So I just wanted to find out if it's worth going into and what should I know about the, the whole petrol Okay, so th- this is basically to open up a petrol station, an NGN branded petrol station. The National Empowerment Fund is prepared to provide assistance, financial assistance, uh, to people like yourself who, who are keen yeah. to get into it. Um, well, yeah. one thing I can guarantee you is you get one, one round and five cents a litre for nothing, um, just, okay. for, <laughs> for, just for opening your doors. But uh, obviously, mm-hmm. it's more complicated than that. Angela, thank you. Um, one looks at the potential money-making machine that is a, 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 a fuel station, uh, and it's got to be tempting. Sure, um, and I, I hope the, the, the listener uh, looks Angela, at BP. Angela, Angela I hope <laughs> Angela looks at BP. Um, but NGEN and, and, and the NEF have, have partnered on this particular <laughs> one to give opportunities yeah. to people like Angela. Um, is, is fuel franchising a good franchise opportunity? Look, it, it, it depends on the, on the station. I mean, it's a very good franchise opportunity provided you're pumping the liters because um, that's what it's all about. And then the, obviously the, the quick shops uh, or the express shops are actually contributing a, a little more to the profitability of that, of that station. But as far as the NEF is concerned, they've got a great model. Um, they've partnered up with, uh, with a couple of the, f- of the fuel industry leaders. Um, and th- there's an enterprise development fund available where basically they, c- they can give you funding at, at about, uh, I think last we checked with the NEF was about a, somewhere between 7 and 8%. Sure. Uh, which is a lot cheaper than that's than, cheap, cheap yeah. money, yeah. So, so there is a good funding model with the NEF, and absolutely, it's a, it's a way to go. The thing that scared me about what Angela said was, I'm thinking about doing this. What do I need to know about petrol? It's like, okay, whoa, <laughs> hold on a second. I mean, people also make the the terrible assumption when going into franchises that the the, the business plan arrives, that the the rule book arrives. You start on page one, and by the time you get to page 100, you know exactly what to do, and the money just walks through the door. Franchising provides you with help you might not otherwise have got had you gone off on your own, but it doesn't do the work for you, does it? No. Um, and I always say, uh, when people ask me, is live the life of a franchisee. Go make a point to live a life of that franchisee in that business that you want to open for at least three, four, five, six days before making that decision. Because ultimately, you want to make sure that what, you, what you've chosen to do 
is something that you're going to enjoy doing. You've got to be passionate about what you're mm. going to do. If you're passionate about what you're doing, then it doesn't matter how hard the work gets, then you're going to, you're going to be able to do it. If you're not so, so excited about what you're doing, then you're not going to be able to do the best that you can. And franchising and owning your own business is about how, how well you can perform. I mean, your pick-and-pay stores probably are different from each other, your franchise sure. stores, and they're different from the corporate stores. There's a, a personal imprint that each one of those stores makes, and it's up to you and maybe the store manager um, to, to make decisions as to how you differentiate those outlets in different parts of Kempton Park, for example. Sure. So um, each, each, fra- each, each franchise, uh, as far as uh, supermarkets are concerned, it has got its own niche because you've got a niche to the market that you're catering for. So you must make sure that uh, your customer, your, what your customers are around the area that you're servicing basically can find what they're looking for in the store. So you've got, you've got to take that store and make sure that that store is actually a, a mm-hmm. store which services the market. So we've recently opened a store out out in the East Rand, and we always say that we've taken the store and East Rand dies. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, uh, do, do, we've got a huge bolt-on sec- section. Yeah. We sell hundreds of types of, of wood horses, you know, okay. so it's, it's, it's a question of it's knowing serving, what, your, serving what, your market. Absolutely. Uh, Joan in Boxburg. Hello, Joan. You want to talk social franchising? Hello. 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 Sorry, I can hardly hear you. I'm driving in the car. But I just want to find out what is your understanding of social franchising. Okay, so NGOs, for example, non-government organisations. Thank you, Joan of Boxburg, Noisy Line. I'll give uh, John just a, a moment or two to think about. John Baladakis, chairman of the Franchise Association. FASA, they're having a big shindig next week. We'll chat about that as well, coming up in just a moment. Social franchising, John Baladakis, the chairman of the Franchising Association of South Africa. Um, what sort of thing are we talking about when it comes to social franchising? Uh, great question. So it's basically social franchising is when you use the franchising model to basically help uh, develop social responsibility models within the, within the communities. So it basically means that you take a business approach uh, with a franchising uh, sort of hy- hybrid uh, model. So you run an NGO, a non-governmental organization, whether it be caring for animals in poor areas or, I don't know, running orphanages or whatever the case is, you could essentially, if you've got a great model for running the best orphanage, um, you could really franchise that for non-commercial purposes, but to do good in other areas. Correct. So you basically take, take the franchise thought process uh, where you'll produce a manual uh, we've, we'll have these points which our area manager will, will check on every time he visits that specific franchise. So it's really plugging social, social responsibility and making it a type of franchise into the franchise modeling. Is this something that's got sort of government attention at all? Because yes, you, would, you would love the state to support that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, so, so there, are, there are some uh, governmental organizations. I don't know the exact details, but I know in, within the health, healthcare industry there's quite a bit of interest. Um, there is something happening uh, along the sporting sports uh, line as well, um, and uh, basi- basically, government is very interested in social in social franchising, and and a lot of a lot of uh, NGOs are looking at at social franchising as a way forward. Thanks, Joan. I would never have thought about it. Thank you for a great question, Irfan in Bayview. You want to go to a restaurant? Save yourself, Irfan. Don't do it. Hi, Bruce. Um, thanks for taking my call. Um, I just got a quick question. I'm an educator over 20 years, and um, I'm looking at um, some early retirement, and I live in an area called Bayview, and um, people need to drive uh, quite a distance to get to a popular um, takeout store, and it's, uh, 
I think it was one American guy, and he has a, a white beard. And uh, um, oh, KFC, right? Yes, KFC. Let's get to the point. Yes, okay. You want to yeah. KFC? I want to know. Um, I've looked into um, uh, trying to uh, open up one of those. They're saying trying to get into the to a, a franchise in the area, but just all the doors just get closed. And, and in doing closer investigation, there's only about um, 20 people who own franchises throughout South Africa. How does one get into yeah. um, a franchise where um, doors get closed other than open? Irfan, thank you. I've, I've heard that criticism of KFC, particularly where they've got a, a kernel, <laughs> um, K-E-R-N-E-L, um, of, of franchisees um, that they know and they trust. They work together well, and one person may have five or six or seven or ten um, in a particular area. Irfan would like to break into the, the crunchy chicken business. The beauty of franchising. Um, is is that you get these hybrid models? So there are certain certain uh, franchisors out there that will have will believe that they only want one franchisee per specific outlet, yeah. and then you get the KFC, the Yums of the world, which basically are saying, look, we want to deal with one franchisee, which will have a multiple store in a specific uh, demarcated area. Unfortunately, yeah, if if that is is, is some of the franchisors. Uh, it is the way Strategy. the young brands operate, isn't it? I yeah, mean, it is. It is. So they've they've had a very very successful model. It's yeah. very difficult to break the mold. So um, for, for Irfan, he's got to look at something else. I mean, rather than trying to um, try and get them to reinvent their business model, perhaps uh, go for a, for a competitor um, and, and see whether or not you can make them regret not offering you the yeah, franchise opportunity. Yeah, sure. I mean, they're not the only fried chicken outlet out there. But they're the one that everybody wants. I mean, they're, they're probably the most expensive fast food option in South Africa in terms of buying into a franchise. Yeah, Burger King's pretty pricey as well. I think four million startup KFC is probably more expensive than that. Yeah, it's a little more. It's a little more. Um, mm. But but you know the important thing is that and 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 what I want to say is look for the opportunity. Some sometimes um, you know the opportunity will bring will 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 bring the the business you're looking for. So maybe KFC haven't haven't found a, a site in the area. Um, and you can be the next, yeah, the next five five uh, five store franchisee. The point is, don't stop. If you believe in yourself, you'll find the way. Quick one from you, Ben and Olive Dell. To the other side, you want to become a franchisor potentially. You want to sell franchises to other people, Ben. Hello, Bruce. Yes, um, we we own a tutoring company. Um, there are two children at their home and stuff, but we basically based in in Randos at the moment and expand it to your northern Durban suburbs. But we've had questions for Cape Town and Durban. Is it better to start a franchise, or is it better just to start branches in, in different provinces? Wonderful, Ben, in Olivedale. Thank you very much. Talk to the chairman of the Franchise Association. Surprise me. I mean, basically, he was saying he, he's got a concept. He wants to grow the concept. Is it better for him to go and start branches, or should he be franchising from an early stage? Um, really, the question, the, question uh, the only person that can answer the question is you. Uh, if you th- if you feel opening another branch uh, will allow you to get, to get to your customers and you you've got the the manpower and the capital to basically do it and you're happy that your customers will be serviced well by by that branch and by a store manager that's fine. If you don't and if you feel that a franchisee would do a better job, if someone someone who's got a vested interest in that business from an ownership point of view will do a better job. April sixteenth, Santa Convention Center, the annual franchise association. Uh, what is it, razzmatazz and hoopla, all about the franchise industry. What are you hoping to achieve? Um, 
really what we want to do is uh, we, we want to um, have people interact better with the governmental organizations. Uh, CIFA is going to be there. CIFA is The who? Small Enterprises Funding okay. Agency. Um, uh, we we know that the NEF will also be there, so there's a good chance for, for people to, dis- to, to talk, talk uh, to those, both those funders. Um, obviously, there's uh, our main sponsor there, which is, uh, if I may, Absa Bank, who sponsors mm-hmm. the whole IFE. And you can have a chat with their friend, guys from uh, their I mean, franchise yeah, I mean, division. One, one of the toughest things in franchising is, is startup capital. Um, I spoke to a guy today who's got a clever idea he'll share with us in a couple of months' time um, in terms of filling the gaps for many startup franchisees. Because there are very few black franchisees in South Africa, and every franchise owner wants black franchisees to expand into new markets. But guys are struggling to get the capital, and that's got to be one of the biggest drawbacks, I suppose, right now. Yes, but there are there are agencies out there. I mean, CIFA's got a very nice nice model, and uh, FASA's trying to put together as, as as many of those funding models uh, in association with the governmental agencies, so that we can we can actually give those people who don't have the startup capital those opportunities. Uh, so we're busy with the job funds, uh, CIFA, um, DTI, NEF, etc. There we go. John Baladakis, thanks very much for coming in. He's chairman of the Franchise Association of South Africa.